Church Downtown is a community of people striving to be authentic followers of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that you're inspired by the following message to know the love of Jesus more deeply and to follow him more passionately. For more information about our church, this message, or about being a Christ follower, please visit us at churchdowntown.org. This is the first time I've said this. Good morning, Church United. It's good to be with you today. I'm excited. I was thinking about our series, Stretch Marks, and my life's all over that board up there. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you have a nail up there and series in your life where you've, you've been stretched? It's amazing what you can do with space. Man, I'm super excited at what God's doing here. It just feels good to be in this place, doesn't it? It just feels awesome to be here, to actually be able to, uh, to congregate a little bit, have a little bit of fellowship. It, the, the last place was excellent, worked out well, loved the place. But it's, it's nice just to be able to stretch your arms out a little bit and talk a little bit, have a cup of coffee and sit back there. And if I was out there where you guys were, I'd be back there at the coffee bar where those guys are. What's up, guys, back there? Good to see you. Yeah. All right. Back where the coffee's at. I am super excited at what God is doing at Church United. And my Hatney brung us a long way. Hatney been good through all the things that he's brought us through and um, he, he, he is God, he is mighty. This place holds a special place in our heart because I, almost a year ago, um, we were making plans for me to come and spend the summer with you as the interim pastor and spending time with you while Pastor Rob uh, went on sabbatical, a much-needed sabbatical, and God really used that sabbatical to um, bring, bring great new vision and life to Pastor Rob, and, and as a result, we're here in this great building today. But I remember when we were thinking about and praying through that interim position with you guys, was it long before that we found out that my wife Stacy had cancer? And I just want to personally thank you for walking through that series of stretching in our life with us. And thank you for praying. Uh, so far, um, she's cancer-free. Praise the Lord. She had, many of you knew that. Um, However, if you could be so kind to pray right now, her liver enzymes are really elevated, and they've been that way for a while, and they're trying to determine what's going on with that, whether the chemotherapy caused that or, or really what's going on with that. So if you could continue to pray, um, we're actually um, praying, we'll talk about this a little bit this morning, we're actually praying for complete healing and complete health to precancerous days. And, and we would pray that you would pray that with us. How many of you pray that with us today? And, and listen, it's not about us um, because I know some of you are going through hard times in your life. I know some of you have been, have been stretched. Some of you this morning are, are being stretched. And sometimes when we're being stretched, we wonder, man, is, is God really there? Does God hear what I'm saying? Last week, we talked about the showdown at Mount Carmel. What a powerful message from Pastor Rob about uh, uh, just God using Elijah to bring down fire from heaven on a, on a fire that had actually been soaked with water. Now, I was, I was in the Boy Scouts, um, Troop Master Stin, and I know that you can't start a fire with water on it. But last week, what we saw was a complete miracle of God. It was, it was the showdown on Mount Carmel 
where Elijah in essence says, look, you guys, children of Israel, you got to decide who it is that you're serving. Make, make a decision on whether you're going to serve Baal and these false gods or whether you're going to serve the one true God. And by the way, watch this. And, and so they, they put the offering there on the altar and they poured water over it and Elijah said the words and, and, and we learned last week that God, that God, not Elijah, but God sent down fire from heaven and burned that wet offering. And then we know then from that point on, they began to worship the one true God and, and Elijah, was on this, Elijah was on this spiritual high. He had just seen God do a miraculous thing. How many of you have ever been on a spiritual high in your life? Anybody? I mean, it's just nothing going to stop you. I mean, you can, you're ready to charge hell with a water pistol. <laughs> Let that sink in for a little bit. Super soaker. I, I mean, you're, you're, just, you're just on this high. Nothing, nothing's going to stop you. You don't care what it is, man. You and God, you got this. You're in this rhythm. You're ready to go. And then not soon after that, you can't figure out why or you don't know why, but you go into and you sink into some type of spiritual low. Anybody ever been there? Sometimes it comes directly after our spiritual highs that, that, we, that we go low for no apparent reason. And, and when you look at God's track record in your life, how many of you know he's been faithful? I mean, he's been faithful, and so you can't figure out sometimes. You look at what God's done, and, and you say, well, he's been faithful in this, and he's been faithful in that, and he's been faithful in all these things. Why do I feel this way? Well, you know what happened to Elijah? Elijah went through the same thing. In 1 Kings chapter 18, if you have your Bible, I'd like for you to turn there. 1 Kings chapter 18 we know that Ahab was a wicked king, and his wife Jezebel, it seemed from our study, it seemed like she was even more wicked than him, and, and Elijah called them to serve one or the other, and we saw the showdown, and then we come down to 1 Kings 18, beginning in verse number 41. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, he said, for, for there's the sound of a heavy rain. Now, that's important because you've already learned that they were in a three-year what? They were in a three-year drought. Like, it, 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 there was no rain. And, and when there's a drought, like, that's a big deal. Like, stuff starts dying when there ain't no water. I mean, the animals die. They can't drink, the plants die, there's no food. Having no rain is, is a serious issue. And for three years, they had not seen any rain. And Elijah goes up on Mount Carmel, and all of a sudden, he begins to hear the sound of heavy rain. Now, I want you to understand that no one else heard this sound of heavy rain. It was only Elijah. Elijah was listening with his spiritual ears. God was speaking to Elijah something that hadn't happened yet. 
It was a prophetic voice from Elijah, and God was speaking to him, and and Elijah began to share with everyone else the sounds that he was hearing. He was hearing from God. How many of you by show of hands ever heard from God? It's not always like some grandfatherly voice. I, I wish it was sometimes. In fact, I don't know about you. I wish sometimes God would just send me a text. Yeah, I'm clear on that, God. I hear you. But God, God spoke to Elijah in a way and said, Elijah, the rain's coming. It's going to happen. It's right around the corner. And he began to share that. Elijah said to Ahab, go, go ahead, go eat and drink. Go prepare for the rain. I hear the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab made plans. Ahab went off of Elijah's spiritual ears and he went off to eat and drink. And Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground, and you would think rather, you would think he would be in a a state of positivity, in a a state of victory, in a state of conquering. He he goes up to the mountain and he puts his, his face between his knees. And some scholars believe he went through some type of fear and and depression at this point. And we also believe that. That Elijah, he prophesied rain was coming and he just went up on Mount Carmel and he, he just began to pray because he knew that it was another miracle that needed to happen. How many of you need a miracle today so much that you're just continuing to pray? You're continuing to pray. You're continuing to pray. You need God. You need, you need God like you need God to show up strong in your life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, you've been there. And you're going through something right now and you're just like, Lord, unless I see a miracle, it's not going to work out well. And so you, you're, you're, almost, you're praying that, but you're not 100% sure. And, and maybe, maybe you're not seeing God work or maybe you've continued to pray for a long time about something. And for, for whatever reason, you, it just doesn't seem to be an answer from God. And that's exactly what happened here. He put his face between his knees. And then in verse 43, he told his servant, go, go up and look toward the sea to see if, see if rain's coming yet. He's already prophesied it. People are making plans. He said, can you run up there and see? And so his servant runs up on top of the mountain and he's looking out over the sea to see if there's any sign of rain. Is God hearing our prayer? Is God really there? And so he's looking and he comes back and he tells Elijah, he tells Elijah this, I don't see nothing. Maybe not with that accent or, you know, that way. But in essence, Elijah's praying and he's already prophesied. He He believes that God wants to send rain. And so he starts telling people to get ready for the rain. Get get ready. You go here, you go there, get ready. And he goes up and he just begins to pray. And he sends his servant. Any sign of rain yet? He comes back uh, and he says, look at this. Last part of verse 43. I feel like this many times in my life when I need God to work a miracle. Um, He comes back and he reports to Elijah, "Um, there's there's nothing there. There's nothing happening. And can you imagine what Elijah was feeling at this moment? And, and we're going to read in just a little bit. It wasn't just one time. 
that he sent his servant up to see if anything was happening? It was seven times. It was seven times. Seven nothings. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Like seven nothings, goose eggs, seven zeros. Can you imagine the enemy working in Elijah's life saying something like this? See, you didn't hear from God. See, God doesn't, God doesn't hear your prayer. I know you just had a great victory on Mount Carmel. However, right now, you're getting ready to sink low. God's not listening to you anymore. It's not happening. And you've got all of these people ready. You've sent the king up there to eat and drink because he's ready for rain. And, and nothing, 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 nothing's happening. There's nothing there. Seven times, Elijah said, can you go back and check again? <laughs> can you go back? And what is he doing the whole time? He's just praying. He's just seeking God. God, I thought, I thought you had spoke to me about this. Lord, I thought, I, thought you were, I thought you were in my court, God. I thought we were, God, I thought we were on the same team. And you told me to speak this. I, I know no one's seeing it, and I'm the only one hearing it. But God, I thought, God, I thought, I thought we had an understanding. <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? Where you're, where you're just praying and praying and praying, and you're kind of in a moment in your life. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and say, yep, that's my life, nothing. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm, I can identify with that. Yep, seven times, nothing. It's my life. But just an encouraging word right now. I just want to encourage you to hold on. God's coming. God's up to something. It's not over yet. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, it ain't over yet. And you can use ain't if you want to. Seven times. Now that's enough. <laughs> Seven times. Elijah said, Go back. Verse 44. Verse 44, he goes up the seventh time. And, and, and he came back and he reported. <laughs> he reported a little, a little, like, little small cloud <laughs> in the sky. Now, now listen, we're talking about three years of drought. We don't need like a little shower. We need a tsunami. We, I mean, we don't need a little bit of sprinkling. Like the ground's dry, but there's a little bit of ray of hope. You know why? Because all the time in our life, right on the other side of nothing, there's always something with God. Are you with me? Just, just on, hang on, just on the other side of nothing, there's always something. And that's exactly what happened. It might have not been at that point what they were really looking for, but my goodness, how many of you know sometimes in our life it gets so dark and we're just sick and tired of nothing that it just, Lord, just send me a little old cloud. How many of you know just, I mean, anything will work. God, just, uh, just a little bit of ray of hope here, God. And then there it is. Some people call it a God wink. You know what that is? 
Nothing really overwhelming, but just something God does in our life every now and then to just say, I got you. I know what you're going through. I haven't left you. Little old cloud, little old cloud. But hang on, hang on, because we know all through the Bible, God wasn't just about meeting needs. God was all about meeting more than needs. He's a, he's a, God, he's a God of abundance. In fact, he's extra God. He's always, how I many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, he just doesn't meet, he's, he goes over our need. He's extra God and not just meeting our needs. And so this little old cloud came up, verse 44, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. I mean, here's the cloud right here, right? Ooh, boy, we're really going to get a lot of water from that. So from that little ray of hope, Elijah begins to prepare himself and the people and everybody around him for the skies to open up, for the, for the rain to come. He goes a step further in his prophesying, and he says, look, so Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and, and go down there before the what stops you. Like, hold on a minute. You mean it's going to rain that much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ahab, you better get down there quick because when this rain starts coming, your, your chariots are going to get stuck. You're going to be in the mud. You're going to be making mud pies. You're not going to be able to get done what you need to get done. You better head on down there now because it's coming. And what was he prophesying off of? That little bit of old hand up in the sky. That little bit of old rain of hope. Get on down there before the rain stops you. Verse 45, meanwhile, and, and in some versions of the Bible, it says, finally, or I like the word in 45, I like the word, and it, and it came to pass. Because I don't care what kind of drought you're in in your life. I don't care what kind of darkness you're in in your life. I'm here to tell you today with God, it's going to come to pass. Your day is on the calendar. Because on the other side of nothing, there's what? There's always something. Because God loves us. And God is with us. And God cares about you. And he's in our court. And the sky, the Bible says, and it came to pass. Verse 45, the sky grew black. With clouds. So much for that little old hand. Look at this. The wind rose. And I can imagine old Elijah up on Mount Carmel, just a little bitty old smile, kind of breaking out of his depression a little bit. Oh, God, you are large and in charge. God, you are the big boss. My little niece Ella, she's, I don't know, four, four years old. And we're always... I'm always, if I tell her I'm the big boss, I tell her I'm the big boss. You know what she says? No, I'm the big boss. And I say, no, I'm the big boss. She says, no, I'm the big boss. And finally the other day she said, no, mommy the big boss. Well, I'm here to tell us today that God's the big boss in our life. And he's much larger 
and much bigger than anything that we're going through. This, this cloud is brewing, and that's a good thing in this story. The wind rose up, and look at this. I like this. A heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. And I like verse 46. Look at this. The power of the Lord came on Elijah. The power of God fell on Elijah. And he, he kind of had a little bit of a bounce in the step now. Remember, his head was down like, oh, God, you know. And then that little boy head, he looked up a little bit, you know. And now he saw that black clouds coming and rain started falling. He's like, gets up, start tucking his stuff. He's got a little self-confidence now in God. Huh, yeah, God is on my team. He, he tucked his cloak into his belt. He ran ahead of Ahab. He ran, I mean, this is, this is so funny, in, in fact. I mean, remember Ahab had all, he told him, go take off, get started, it's coming. And it hadn't came yet. And so when it finally came, oh, oh Elijah, he got, he got all excited and he passed Ahab on the way to the city. He, he went past him. He's running. He tucked his belt in and he ran all the way to Jezreel. And what an amazing story. Can you imagine how Elijah felt? Elijah, in the midst of darkness, in the midst of uncertainty, he began to lean into God. He began to seek God. And I got a few principles for us today that I want to leave you with. The first one is this, principle number one. Realize that in this story, God had spoke something that hadn't happened yet. It hadn't happened yet. So they made plans based on what God had told Elijah, but it hadn't happened. There was no evidence or no proof at this point that God was going to send rain or God was going to end the drought. It, it, was, it was all Elijah leaning so close into God that he began to hear with his spiritual ears with confidence that this is what God wanted to do. And can you imagine everyone around him saying, that guy's crazy. It hadn't rained here in three years. And the only thing Elijah had to go on is what God had told him and what he was convinced of because he had this relationship with the Father. There are times in your life well, the only thing you have to go on is raw faith. The doctors can't figure it out. It's funny and it's not funny, but it's interesting. We got to laugh in some things now, but Stacy's liver doctor, she's been told this over and over through this cancer thing. Miss Turner, you, you just... Your situation just don't fit neatly into our puzzle and scheme of things. That'll bless your heart, won't it? Ever since the beginning, we've heard words like, you're atypical. Your situation is atypical. And that's like, oh, Lord, that's just what we need. I've been hearing that my whole life. How about you? You're just atypical. Ms. Turner, we... Uh, We really don't know what to do. Now, these are doctors making a lot of money. We keep, we keep really hearing, keep really hearing nothing. Nothing. 
But how many of you know on the other side of nothing? There's a reason a reason we're here nothing. <laughs> There's a reason they can't figure it out. There's a reason they don't know what's going on. And so we've seen different doctors, different doctors say different things. And finally, we, we've realized there, there comes a point in our life where, where we go seek out help and we seek out doctors and we seek out all of these, these, these men and women uh, uh, that have spent years studying to be experts on our body. But there just comes a point in our life where all we have is just raw faith in what God wants to do. And that's it. You say, what is faith? Faith is acting on things you don't see yet. And it's interesting how, as Christians, we call ourselves men and women of faith. But how many of you know there are times in our life where you show me, show me. I've got to see it first. That's not what? That ain't faith. Faith is, faith is exactly what Elijah did. Elijah said, the rain's coming. Where's it at? I don't know. I just know it's coming. It's going to happen. There are times in our life where all we have is raw faith, believing something without, without seeing it. That's, that's faith. And we call ourselves that. I've always admired men and, and women, men and women who, who have just an extreme faith. And I'm always like sometimes, and sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, to be honest, but I'm always like, how do you know that? I just feel like God wants us to go in this direction. Man, that's crazy. I know. (laughs) And then it happens and you can see, wow, they're men and women of great what? Of great faith. Elijah reverted back to good old-fashioned, raw faith. Sometimes no one has an answer. We're just down to nothing. But then number two, number two, as we pray and lean into things in our life that we're going through, I think it's important to note from this story, not now doesn't mean not never. Now, how does that resonate with you today? You say, uh-huh. oh, well, I guess... I guess God doesn't want this to happen. No, 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 no. It doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't want it to happen. But I've learned in my life that, that God often has a plan much bigger than my plan. And there's a reason. There's a reason why it's not happening today. And oftentimes in our Christian world, we're like, it's got to happen today. We're microwave, right? We got to have things fast. Give me my food fast. You want it supersized? Yeah, now. And you drive up, 30 seconds later, you're eating a Big Mac. But how do you know like God doesn't operate like McDonald's sometimes? And he's got a much bigger plan. And he's molding you. And he's shaping you. And sometimes pain and suffering in our lives is the only thing that really gets our attention. We see that in Israel's life here. Three years of drought. It got, it got their attention. You better believe that. But not now doesn't mean not never. And we see Elijah leaning in and praying to God, seeking God. And he kept sending people back seven times. And it wasn't the right what? It wasn't the right time. 
Maybe it's not the right time. Doesn't mean God's left you. Doesn't mean God's even silent. God's the big, what's God, the big what? He's big, big balls. He's large and in charge. And not now doesn't necessarily mean not never. We see that right here in this book. It came to pass. There's a a day on our calendar when God says today's the day. Because on the other side of nothing, there's always what? Something. After the seventh time, there was something. Hang on. Your time's coming. God's got this. He knows. Turn to your neighbor and say, he knows. He knows what's going on. Because there was a small cloud that came up. And all of us go through droughts and times in our life. Nothing's easy. Everything seems to be hard. One difficulty after another. It it seems like maybe that God used to bless me, but he's not anymore. Things used to be easier. Now they just seem to be so hard. And maybe you've messed up in your life. By the way, welcome to Church United if you're messed up today. Welcome home. Amen? Amen? But maybe you've messed up and you're convinced God's done with you. Man, I've blown it now. Maybe you're convinced that God's hand of blessing has been removed. Maybe, Maybe by your mistake and now you're being punished. That's not what God does. It's not how God operates. Because all through the Bible, his track record is always on the other side of nothing what? There's always something. He's saying right now is not the right time. All of us go through these times. But then number three, we, we learn the principle that you can't pray enough. Like Elijah had leaned into God and he was going to keep praying. He was going to keep praying until when? Did I cloud? I mean, until it came. And I'm just going to confess today, I'm not good at that. I'm like been praying five minutes like, well, it must not be God. <laughs> I mean, I struggle with, uh, what's that thing where you have trouble focusing on one thing? And you know what I'm talking about? Like you just go to another thing. It's, I think it's a scientific word for it. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, I can tell he's that way. But sometimes I just, I just need to lean into God. You can't pray enough. You've been healed yet? No. You got a job yet? No. Is your marriage better yet? No. In fact, Josh, my marriage has it's gotten worse. Keep leaning into God. Keep praying. Albert Einstein is widely credited with saying, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting different results. So here's my reasoning and my smart thinking. This prayer ain't working. So do something else. That don't apply here. You can't pray enough. God's listening. He hears what you're going through. Be persistent. Know what's going on with God's heart. Listen listen to God. Listen to what he's saying. 
He wants to give us more than enough, which brings me to number four in closing. What is the last principle we can learn from this story? You've already heard it. We've been saying throughout this message, on, on the other side of nothing, there's always what? But I want to I tweak that a little bit and come to number four. On the other side of nothing, there's always more than something. More than something. No, notice this little old cloud. They didn't need just a little old cloud. They needed a tsunami. They needed a shower. And see, I believe that God wants to blow you away with his blessing and provision in your life. Our, our God seems to have a track record in the Bible of providing more than enough. Can you imagine that little boy in John chapter 6? He's got a couple of fish and a few small loaves. And he goes out there that day to be with Jesus. And, and Jesus, you know the story. He takes that little bit that the boy had and he feeds well in excess over 10,000 people with that little bitty old meal. I mean, that thing wouldn't feed a fly. I would have sat down that day. You've got to come up with something else. I'm hungry. Well, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that little old boy packed up what was left over and took it home. Can you imagine the conversation in his house that day? He comes home, his mama's like, you didn't eat today? Oh, we ate. Well, you got stuff left over. Oh, you don't know half the story, mama. What you gave me this morning fed well in excess over 10,000 10, people. You see, our God has a track record of not just providing enough, but providing what? More than enough. Because on the other side of nothing, there's... More than something. Later on in 2 Kings 4, there's a widow who had lost everything. Her husband had died. The creditors were coming to take her, her kids. And they were going to put them to work to pay her bills. And Elisha, who took the place of Elijah, came along with the same power of God and he asked the lady that day, what do you have? She said, all I got in this house is a little old jar of oil. And so Elisha said, you go out into the community and you start collecting these big old jars from all over the community. And in, at first she's thinking, why am I going to do that? I just got this much. I, I just got this much. And so after her and her kids had brought the jars back, you know what she did? You know what she did? She took what she had, this much. How many of you had this much? But in, in, in the hand of God, this much becomes way more than enough. And so watch this now. You know what she did? They put all those barrels around, and she started pouring. She started pouring that oil into those barrels. And she ended up filling up all of those barrels with oil. You say, how'd that work? But God. Amen? <laughs> you say, well, science can't, so how does it, scientifically, how's that fit in? I don't know. Our God is bigger than science, right? And so check this out. Watch this. There came a time where she ran out of jars. And you know what she told her boys? Bring more. And you know what would have happened? If they'd have brought more jars, guess what would have happened? 
They'd have filled them up too. Why? Because our God has a track record of providing not just enough, but more than enough in our life. Hang on. God hadn't forgotten you. It's coming because on the other side of nothing, there's always what? There's always more than something. God hadn't forgotten you. He knows what you're going through today. He knows what you're up against. Maybe you're in a drought in your life and maybe it's been three years. Maybe it's been six years. Maybe it's been 10 years. But God wants to perform mighty things in your life. Lean into God. You see, I've been praying for a long time. My advice to you is to what? Keep on praying. You can't pray enough. Continue to pray and lean into God. And he'll do mighty things in your life. I know he's stretching you. You're like, man, if I get stretched anymore, I'm going to break. God has an amazing plan for you. And he's working behind the scenes right now to show himself strong in your life. Amen. Father God, today, oh God, I don't like being stretched. I hate it, Lord. It hurts. But Lord, I'm convinced that while you're stretching, you're also working. And Lord, there are times in our life where we feel just darkness, drought. We need a tsunami, God. And Lord, maybe there's some here today who are just praying and calling out to you. Saying, Lord, I need you to work in my life. I don't have anywhere to go. In fact, God, if you don't show up in this situation, it's going to get real ugly. And so, Father, I pray today that you would show up strong in a powerful way in the lives of those here today, Lord. Father, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.